Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Guys Being Dudes, episode 30 here. I'm Daniel Lutzai, your host, alongside with my other host of Guys Being Dudes podcast, Mitch McCartney. How are you doing today, Mitch? Dude, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. And one of the reasons that I'm doing so good is you said my last name correctly. Yeah, I've you, been butchering it. Absolutely episode after episode. butchering it. Oh, yeah. Like you just hunted me or something like that. Yeah. I, maybe I was doing it on purpose just to piss you off. But uh, on the other hand, I mean, I really don't care if I do. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> go. All let's right. Let's just, jump right into it. Yourself, let's, just, let's just jump right into it. All right. So we got a whole episode of Not a wonderful. Half episode. No, a whole episode of many topics involving college football, basketball, football. And um, I just want to ask you right now, Mitch, um, my beloved Mel Tucker, who I was not optimistic about before the season, is now in jeopardy of losing, not losing his job, but leaving his job. It's like the girl you never thought you were going to like, and you ended up really, really liking her. And then she's like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'm leaving. Yeah, dude. Hey. After she, you know, folded your clothes, made your bed, made you dinner, tucked you in that night. You know, gave you, yeah, I mean, like, shit, I mean, what Mel Tucker has done for this organization when it comes to expectations and standards, he exceeded it, definitely, and we did not expect it uh, at Michigan State University, but now that they're 7-0, everybody's taking interest, including the LSU organization, and the current job right now for the LSU coaching job is um, about $9 million, and he's making around $5.7 million as of right now. So Michigan State's going to have to bump up those numbers in order to keep them on the coaching staff. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, um, I think it's possible that you guys could have something to worry about here. Uh, Mel Tucker, over you know throughout his career, has shown the tendency to not stay in one spot a lot. Remember, he was only in Colorado for one year. Not only was he was only making, I believe, $3 million there. You know, much smaller program. Michigan State, the job as a whole, even if they weren't doing as well as they are this year, huge upgrade over Colorado. So I understand that move. But looking at this, you know, right now, I think we would both agree that LSU, unfortunately for you, is just a better job than Michigan State, right? Well, Michigan State could pay the $9 million, but if they don't, but are Mel they? Tucker could hop and skip because he did say when he was at Colorado State, I love Colorado State. I'm going to be here forever. And then two days later, he signs with Michigan State. And you know what classic, Nick Saban did? You know what Nick Saban did when he was at MSU? The same fucking thing. Exactly. So I am not going to coach for Alabama. He's at a plus 200 in the bet books right now in the sporting books. for Saban? No, 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 no. Uh, Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker say, is plus what? 200 right now uh, on going to LSU. He leads the charge on the odds. Um, what happened was about 24 hours ago, there was a 12 to 1 odds of him going and taking the LSU job. But now it's a 2 to 1 odds right now to take the LSU job. So um, it's going to be sad to see him go if he does. But hopefully he'll be able to finish out the season this season. Um I, I really hope that he is going to stay at Michigan State, dude, because we need him. And to have a coach like that, it's something that we want to, like, keep on our coaching staff because 
why would we want a coach like that to walk away when we've been waiting for a coach like that um, to come around the corner? And, well, we were expecting to grab a good coach when Dan, uh, D'Antonio left, okay? So D'Antonio ended up leaving, and we're like, oh, shit. Like, we're not going to find a coach like D'Antonio. Then we get Mel Tucker, who came in during the COVID year, did, did exceptionally well. I mean, you can't really... Uh, judge his performance during that season because it was a COVID year. But then when he hopped into this year, we were kind of judging the the character of him, where he came from, uh, his resume, what he was going to do, what his intentions were, why 22 transfers were coming over, if they were going to actually perform well. But he ended up blowing all of our minds and ends up putting us in a position where we're at the top 10 right now going into um, – the middle of October. I was going to say MSU Michigan weekend, but we still got one more weekend. Close. MSU, yeah, because Michigan was on a bye week, and then now Michigan State's on a bye week. So you guys play Northwestern. When you I say you guys, I mean off. Michigan. Huh? And you guys got the week off. And we got the week off before the big game. And I think that there might be an upset, a little Purdue-Iowa um, re- resurrection here. And it's going to be Michigan beating Northwestern. I don't think... You mean Northwestern being Michigan. Yeah, Northwestern being Michigan. Yeah, I <laughs> fucked that up. But moving forward, I think that you guys don't have a passing game. You guys are scared to really throw the ball. So I feel like when you guys keep running the ball, running the ball, and Michigan football was known for their their running of the football, um, basically their entire existence. Back in the good old days. Back in the good old days when you guys were the most winning you know, organization and actually meant well, something. Yeah, technically we still are, but... That's, well, uh, you guys are still the most winning um, organization, but it doesn't really mean anything now because of your guys' track record. But Because we're garbage. We're fucking Hopefully the garbage. khaki boys can figure it out. Khaki but boys are coming back. I don't know, man. Like, Do you think I'm crazy for saying that Northwestern is going to beat Michigan? Do you want my honest opinion or my opinion as a friend? Um, I want you to put it as blunt as I you can. I think you're fucking stupid. Thank way. you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you. There's no fucking way that Northwestern beat this Northwestern team. Northwestern. God, I hope. Previous I years. hope you guys lose. Well, yeah, I, I fucking hope you guys lose every time I watch you play. You guys were that Good. close against Indiana. Good. But we still uh, beat them. Yeah, you like that text I sent you? How you doing, bud? <laughs> you thought it was about Michigan State. Little did you know that Christian McCaffrey just got put on injured reserve. It's a sad day on the Yacht Club team It is for fantasy day. football. I lost by .04 points this week. That, that hurts. Yeah. And you lost McCaffrey. Ooh, it was a rough week for you, man. Lost Kittle. I lost McCaffrey. Sterling Shepard didn't play, and I was going to put in what? Sterling Shepard instead of What's this? Huh? What am I doing right now? You're you're playing the violin. The world's smallest violin, right? Yeah, you're just rubbing your crummy ass fingers together. <laughs> you know what this means. It makes me want to yak. It means go fucking cry. <laughs> cry me a river, buddy. That's I, what, I might what I, I mean I will. I think I'm gonna just go by the port, you know, the local port in uh, St. Clair Shores and I'm gonna just sit there and I'm gonna raise the water levels and I'm just gonna cry my little brains out because you wanna Play the world's smallest violin. I'm gonna try. I wish we had a. We need a violin noise on there. We, we do need a violin noise on the soundboard, definitely. But all right, let's all right, get let's, serious. Let's, let's, yeah, get, let's serious. get let's get a little back on track here. Uh, we got we got a little off track. Um, let's take a look at some of the odds to be the next LSU head coach. 
Uh, we got Lane Kiffin. Everyone knows, you know, most probably the most quotable guy in college football. You know, tosses headsets. You know, t- talking about you got to get ready for the popcorn when his team's coming to town. Uh, Luke Fickle, coach Cincinnati, real successful year over there. They've definitely proven themselves over the years uh, to be a legit college football program. And then from there goes, you know, you got James Franklin, Penn State. Uh, let's see, Mel Tucker, obviously, Michigan State, Jimbo Fisher. So a lot of big names. Yeah, a lot of big names. You got uh, both uh, Bob and Mark Stoops. Uh, Joe Brady, their former offensive coordinator. Um, man, if they could get him to come back, I think that would be that would be the move because there was a lot of, like, I remember that year, that 2019 year um, when LSU was just going crazy and they won the national title, that there was a lot of, you know, uh, talk show hosts, like sports talk show hosts, talking about that, you know, they think that Joe Brady is really the secret to the sauce there, and it's not Orgeron. And obviously, you know, I am inclined to believe that they were right, considering that LSU has been hot garbage ever since uh, Joe Burrow and Joe Brady and the rest of that 2019 team left campus. Well, would you? What did you say before uh, what did, Joe Burrow went to the team? You said that they were complete ass, and Coach O was like a little bit questionable. Yeah, they weren't the bad, but they were. Yeah. They were no. They're like, average, they just, and they were supposed to be this team because LSU carries a name for themselves to be one of the top seeds in that. Their conference. passing game sucked too. Yeah, like they were known, like kind of like Michigan, like they were known for like running the ball. I mean, exactly. you could even – it makes sense, too, because, like, think about, like, the huge, like, running back names that came out of LSU in the recent years, like, before, you know, like, Jamar Chase was the fifth overall pick. I mean, you had you had Darius Geis, who I don't even think is in the league anymore, right? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's I in the league I think he's anymore. on the Redskins still, to be honest with you. Really? Man, Might yeah, be, I yeah. know he just can't stay healthy. Um, Leonard Fournette, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, obviously that was, you know, the 2019 year. Right. But – um. Yeah, no, they weren't that good. And then 2019 comes around, you get Joe Burrow, you get Joe Brady, kind of created that lightning in a bottle effect where the stars align and it just really, really worked out for them. And Cincinnati's good this year. The Bengals are actually pretty good. So, like, seeing that Joe Burrow is actually having a lot of success his second year into the league coming off an injury, what, last year, is just kind of, like, really blowing my mind because he's exceeding expectations because I would think that a player like that coming off an injury after not playing his first year, well, he played a couple of games, I think, last year, but, like, he ended up um, going out with an injury. So he ended up coming back this year, and we're like, okay, it's just Joe Burrow. He's still a good quarterback, but I don't think that the Bengals themselves are going to do anything. And he ends up uh, making this team uh, a top contender, not a top contender, but I'd say at least a wild card watch. Oh, to yeah. To be honest with you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I guess to kind of wrap up this, uh, you know, the Mel Tucker LSU talk, I kind of want to ask mm, a couple things. Danny, if you're you, if you're the AD at Michigan State and, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're the AD at Michigan State. You don't live under a rock. You hear these rumors about Mel Tucker and LSU. What do you do? Are, are you just kind of sitting, playing it out? Let's let this blow over potentially if it does blow over or are you on the phone with Mel's agent right away? Hey, we need to, we're let's, you know, Mel's obviously blown expectations out of the water this year. We're six and oh, we're got a Heisman candidate too. Honestly, if you look at your quarterback, who is, I think, you know, I hate to say it, but I think he's woefully underrated in the national scene of quarterbacks. 
Um, do you get on the phone with Mel's agent and say, Hey, we got to work out an extension. I want to keep this guy here. Or are you just kind of, you know, you know, being more laid back about it, letting things marinate and develop a little bit. Okay. So we're going to skip the COVID year, but we're going to look at the year before that. How's Michigan state's performance? Not good. Okay. I'm calling the agent. Yeah, I'm calling. I'm calling. I'm calling the agent, dude. Danny Lucy's a baller. So $9 million, $9 million. You're in the big 10. You're Michigan state. Michigan state's pretty well known for their athletic, you know, um, organization. And I just think that Michigan state can pay this money. Honestly, it's $9 million. I get that. It's a lot of million. Yeah. A lot of millions of dollars, you know, but it is. it is, but at the end of the day, I mean, you are Michigan state, you do have the money. Why not just spend it on a coach that you actually can see right now, flipped your organization to a better and, you're not going to be letting down the fan base and you're going to be able to keep the high hopes of actually winning not only a big Ten championship, but you could potentially go into the playoffs this season and you still have a squad on your team too. So if you're Mel Tucker, you're going to be looking at your squad and you're going to be looking at the LSU squad and you're like, well, I mean, we do have a chance of making the playoffs. We do have a chance of winning the big Ten championship because we are undefeated as of right now. We haven't played Michigan. We haven't played Penn State. We haven't played Ohio State. I get it. But at the end of the day, I mean, I just think that you have a loaded squad. Um, if they're going to end up giving you the money, Michigan State, then, I mean, I would stay with Michigan State, to be honest with you. So I think Mel Tucker would be kind of stupid to go to LSU halfway through the season when he has an undefeated team right now. And oh, he it's transferred not all those. through the season. Right. That's what I'm saying. Um, no way. Mm-mm, no, Mel Tucker's going to sit on that. I mean, it's going to depend on if they win against Michigan and Michigan, or yeah, if they win against Michigan during that Michigan Michigan State game. I think that Mel Tucker is going to just sit there and just, he's just going to let that contract on sit on the table and he's just going to let it the season play itself out. And honestly, if it seems like the culture at Michigan State is for him to leave and they just have a negative connotation towards Mel Tucker and he senses that, I think that he will get up and leave at the end of the day if he feels that he's unwanted at Michigan State because I feel like if our team is with the position that we are in right now, if you perform well throughout the entire season and then you lose the big game like against Michigan, you're going to have a lot of fans in your emails. You're going to have a lot of fans calling. Even if it's against Michigan, who is not potentially, but like – as so called it, the big brother of Michigan state. I still think that fans are going to look at this team. and going to be like, okay, so even if they're so-called the big brothers of us, we still had a squad behind us. We still had a defense and off. Well, our secondary didn't play that well against Indiana, but our rush defense is still respectable at the end of the day. Our offense is still elite at the end of the day when it comes to college football, um, compared to other teams. So I think that Michigan State would be kind of stupid if they didn't pick up the phone right now and try to talk to the agent and see what they can work out with Mel Tucker because, I mean, why why let him walk when he's already giving you a team that you wanted? Yeah, honestly, I mean, I, I agree. I, I do the same thing. I don't – I mean, he's done a really, really good job. And uh, I know their recruiting rankings for the next year – are a lot better than they, they've been in the past years, especially under Michigan State Dan was Tony never Hill. able to succeed during the recruiting stage. Um, Mel Tucker's shown a lot 
a lot more competency, though. Exactly, and Michigan's always had the upper hand, but now it seems like since Michigan State has a promising future with Mel Tucker, because everybody rags on Jim Harbaugh, to be honest with you, the quarterback, so-on-so called out, or called quarterback guru. He has, like, supposedly, you know, this big reputation as, like, this NFL coach that can get it done. But at the end of the day, I mean, your record kind of shows in your um, – and your games against big teams and being the underdog, you're honestly never, never gonna see an optimistic Michigan fan for a while. To be honest with you, until not, he's hey, fired. Not, not here. You're not seeing it out of me. That's for damn and sure. And it's cool because Michigan State's always goes on this roller coaster ride where, like, oh, we're at the top of the mountain, dude. Like, we're at the Big Ten championship. We just won the Big Ten championship. Oh my God, we just won the Rose Bowl, and then we just go all the way and plummet all the way down. We're like, oh, four win season. <laughs> but Michigan just stays at nine <laughs> wins. So, I mean, I'd rather be a Michigan State fan where we're just hitting those highs really high and then we just hit our lows because I know we're going to hit our highs again where for Michigan it's just a slow, like, decrease, you know. It's, it like, is, it's, it's death <laughs> by a thousand cuts. <laughs> it's horrible. Like, you guys are like, all right, well, we had a good recruiting class. Um, we're Michigan University, the most winning organization Oh, look at that, another five-star that... Is doesn't play like a five star, right? You know, yeah, and he's a kicker. It's like, like, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we uh think we got that hammered out on uh with Mel Tucker and LSU. Yeah, we did a great job. Yeah, fantastic job. Good job. Let's thank you very much, sir. Let's transition to this. Uh, our good friend over there in Philadelphia, Ben Simmons. He's not my friend. He's not your friend. He's not my friend. Why don't you want Ben Simmons to be your friend? Dog, I hate Ben Simmons. Because he can't shoot? Yeah. No. Because Kendall Jenner left him, and you can't let somebody like that walk away from your life. All right, there is a, like, hear me out here. There is a, like, direct relationship between NBA players that date one of those girls and having dramatic situ- situations in their professional life. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm saying, and I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at Kanye. He just changed his name to Ye. I heard about that. Yeah. He's officially just Ye. <laughs> what is this world coming to? <laughs> Got to give it to man. He just does not give a fuck about the public eye. And First, he locks himself in uh, Mercedes Benz Arena for uh, how long was he in there for doing Donda? He had to be Ever. in there for like two weeks. Jeez. <laughs> Did you see his room? There yeah. was absolutely nothing in the room. It's it like he was bed. in prison. I know it did look like a, it did look like a cell. How do you get any thinking done in a prison cell? Because he's yay. Uh, whatever, man. <laughs> all right, Ben Simmons. Um, this is no secret. This stuff has been brewing basically all summer. You know, Philly wasn't very happy with his playoff performances, and then he really put the cherry on top when they were in that series with the Hawks. And I don't remember what game uh, what game of the series it was, but uh, when he got that wide-open dunk right under the rim and yeah. passed it up for, a, I think it was a Matisse Thibel contested three-pointer, yeah. which Matisse Thibel, fantastic defender. The man has a lot left to be desired when it comes to shooting beyond the arc. Especially in the playoffs? Uh, especially in the playoffs, yes. Um, and then, you know, those... Those good old Philly fans just let rip on Ben Simmons. And, uh, well, pretty much from there on out, they've had a, a fractured relationship, to say the least. And uh, Ben didn't want to report to training camp this uh, this summer. 
He didn't for a couple days. <laughs> and then once he saw his uh, paycheck starting to be affected, he showed up at the facility. So Well, because they were prepared to fine him $1 million every single time he missed practice. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, some, some serious money. That's like shit that will put you in debt after a week. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So after they like literally pushed him down and kicked him while he was down, they literally just extended their hand to him and then just put it right behind their like head. Like, oh, gotcha. Like you thought, get up yourself and put a smile on and go work for us basically. And don't even just disregard everything basically we did to you last season. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think they. Well, the fan base literally put him through hell. Doc yeah, Rivers fair. had no but optimistic comments about him and okay, yeah. being you're, you're, a championship level player. I mean, I just think that Ben Simmons did at, indeed at the end of the day have the right to be pissed, but you got to understand you're under contract. All right. Hold hold your thought right. I'm there, already done because you I'm going to go ask you because I'm going to ask you something about what you just said. Before we we do got to tell the people what just happened today. So, Ben Simmons been back at practice. As you guys know, NBA is opening up tonight, October 19th. Um, And um, the Sixers don't play tonight. They play tomorrow. But Ben Simmons is at practice today. Uh, Not for long. He got kicked out of practice today by Doc Rivers. So, apparently it goes that, you know, they were rotating guys doing drills. And Ben was asked to hop in this drill. And he said no. And then uh, asked again. He said no. Asked again, and he said no. In that point, Doc Rivers said, well, just leave if you're not going to you know, do anything productive here. And uh, I guess this has been ongoing basically ever since that he returned to the team from his uh, little vacation. Can I say what he did yesterday? Yeah. So what happened was they were ending practice, and they were just basically having a team meeting. Not team meeting, but like there's like a huddle. And they were just putting their hands up, and they were just saying, you know, one, two, three like go team or whatever chant they were doing. And Ben Simmons, the entire time they were just talking in this like circle in this huddle. And he was just bouncing the basketball, like basically just walking like and pacing himself like outside the circle. And he didn't like, you know, contribute at all to this meeting. So then once they, you know, break the huddle and say, you know, go team or whatever, he just starts walking out while everybody's still like, just kind of lounging around and like talking to each other. So he actually, um, did that and then coming in today you kind of can just see it's just a repetitive attitude or a repetitive thing where it's just his attitude is not he don't want to be he there. does not want to be there and it's he wants so clear. them to trade him with all their power and he's just trying to get him himself traded and I don't think that the Sixers are going to trade him to be honest with you I think they're going to just keep holding on to him but like there's only oh, so I much think, that he can do because they I said think that they will trade him because oh, okay hold on i'll let you finish well they they're they said they they were gonna just like find him to be honest with you it's like like we said before like one million dollars there's like, a no practice. way he doesn't get traded in my opinion because i think that that relationship between him and the fan base and then you know he took it steps further this summer when he decided not to report to training camp and and cause all this drama now between him and the organization so i mean he's down the fans don't like him the city don't like him. The organization doesn't like him. I think that he's absolutely going to be traded. And the reason I don't think it happened in the summer is because everyone's like, you know how like your freshest memory, you know how they say like you have a bad game. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth before you go back and play and you play good. Get rid of that nasty taste. Yeah. Well, Ben Simmons left a horrible taste 
in everyone's mouth. Ma- that sounds so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see that his players and his teammates are not actually agreeing with what he's doing, too, because they interviewed Joel Embiid, and you showed me the video before we started this podcast. He said he don't care anymore. And he just says, I don't know what's going on with that, dude. I really don't care what he's doing at this point. I mean, I just got to worry about my life at the end of the day and this team's future. I can't just keep worrying about one guy and his issues with the team because that's just... If he steps in, that's something that he's not a part of. That's between him and the team, like yeah. Ben Simmons and the team. So why would Joel Embiid just be so interested in this in this situation? I mean, he does have to play at the end of the day, and he had a conversation with him, and we heard it at the end of the interview, and they're like, did, did you talk to him at all? Like, And he's like, no, nah, I'm too honest. I can't answer that question. So obviously that they're trying to talk to Ben Simmons like, hey, dude, show up to practice. Like, We actually still – like want you on the team and like care about you but you just carry this aurora of just negative energy yeah within yourself and you're just holding grudges at this point dude get over it and just be better this season give people something to believe in something to love and the only way that people are going to get over this and like forget completely what you did last season and that's you know miss an open dunk for to pass it to score a three is to actually just you know play the game and and improve yourself actually get a jump shot dude like actually learn how to shoot it outside the paint like if you are able to be a a wonderful player everyone forgets what you do i mean yeah obviously the videos like surface around on social media like okay well that's one mistake at the end of the day compared to like a whole list of like you know stats that just show you that he's a good player but he doesn't want to do that he doesn't want to prove that he's a good player he wants to keep hiding in the shell and think that he's James Harden or maybe you know other players that were able to succeed in you know getting fat or just not paying attention and to to any of the team's you know uh, activities and stuff like that so right yeah Ben Simmons is not like good enough to be acting this way yeah. Like, not at all, dude. James Harden was, you know. He is good enough. Well, he was the king of Houston. You're not the king of Philly, dude. Right. Like, no, you don't have the name of James Harden. James Harden owned every strip club. Ben Simmons owns none. They have a statue in every single strip club in Houston of, of James, James Harden. Harden. Yes. Thank you for bringing us our highest gross year <laughs> in financials. But, um, no, I mean, this leads me back to, you know, finish what I was going to say before. I was so rudely interrupted. Good. Um, Ben Simmons left a horrible taste in everyone's mouth because everyone is sitting here remembering the, what was he averaging? Like four points a game in the playoffs. Yeah. Like literally there was, there was, I remember there was games where he did not attempt a shot. I mean, that's just pathetic, dude. But what you're going to see here when, I mean, he was suspended today. We'll see what happens. You know, I do think Philly wants to trade this man. So, eventually they're going to have to bring him back to showcase his talents because that's the reality of the situation is, yes, Ben Simmons is doing a lot of immature shit. And, um, he, I mean, yeah, he's just doing a lot of immature shit. But the reality of it is the guy is still a very good basketball player. I did say that they're not going to trade him. They're not going to trade him right now, I meant. I, no, no, not they, right now. Because what they need to do is... Showcase, yeah. Yeah, they need to give him the ball... And be like, hey, Ben, it's not the playoffs anymore. Go show us that you're, some years, a defensive player of the year. I mean, you're a defensive player of the year, caliber player every year. Uh, You're a fantastic passer. 
You got all these physical attributes that people love. The one thing that you are not good at, and I cannot be more clear when I say this, Ben Simmons is horrible at shooting the basketball. Or they can just tell him, "Hey, you want to go to the team, or you want to go to this team? You want to go to the team that you want? Hey, play good, and we'll trade you to him." I think he's hard to trade right now, though, because people don't. I'm not saying people don't want Ben Simmons at all, but they just want to be like, you know, let me see what he's got. Because clearly what he's shown us is when adversity hits, he does not fight adversity. He lets the adversity dominate him. And he then becomes, you know, he's just bottling and exactly. He's just bottling and a bunch of um, things that, you know, are playing against him. And I think that it's just one of those things that he is acting out instead of improving or trying to dig himself out of the situation that he's in. So I think that either Ben Simmons is on the team or not. I still don't think that the 76ers are final contenders or even semifinals contenders because I don't really believe in the team as a whole, even with Ben Simmons. Neither do I. But um, it's just one of those things where he needs to play and 76ers need to figure out what they need to do with him. One thing I want to ask you, and you had said it uh, a little bit earlier when asked if, um, you know, when you were talking about how Doc was asked last season after playoffs if Ben Simmons is a championship basketball player, do you think that Ben Simmons can be because I, I think the consensus right now is no, he's not a championship basketball player. Like no one is saying that he is. I would have to break up his game and I would have to say that his defense is. I I absolutely think but his is. offense is not there. I'm sorry. Like they want to compare him to Magic Johnson because of size and assists. Like he still doesn't have the court vision, I think, in my opinion, to even like contend in the playoffs, to be honest with you, with his playmaking ability and with his shooting, we already know with his shooting, he oh, just yeah. cannot put up the ball. And he cannot put it in the bo- or in the basket. So anything outside the paint, I'm not optimistic about. But I mean, if he's inside the paint, yeah, he's a championship contending fucking oh, player. Yeah. But once you get outside the paint, he's just really hard to like believe in. To be honest with you, and with the attitude that he has, it's really the hard to believe in that he's a all star player at this point because it's not about your game at the end of the day. It's about your attitude towards it. So, yeah, no, and that's another thing. Like, he's, I, I think it's very clear now. What are we, five years into his career? Yeah. Yeah. He was drafted in what, 2016? Yeah. Yeah. Five years into his career, that, in my opinion, yes, he, he has the ability to be a championship basketball player. He's going to have to work on the shooting. But I, I think sitting here, you know, five years into his career, the whole Sixers dilemma, everything that happened last year in the playoffs. I think it is so clear to me that he is never going to be a number one guy on a team. I, he has to be a number two. He just does mm-hmm. not have the mentality. Well, he's a number two right now because Embiid's on the team, right? But even but, even if he wasn't like that, like but in, I, I feel like that team, like Ben Simmons, w- would not be the emotional leader of the 76ers. He just doesn't strike me as that guy. And I think me- many people have talked about it before. He's just very here to do his job, and you know. He reminds me of Andrew Wiggins. Like, everybody has yes. so much hype around Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins comes into the league. He's doing decent, but, like, he hates the game. He's in interviews saying that he does not like playing the game. He only plays it because he's good. And then I feel like just that's 
basically what Ben Simmons is going through right now is that he's good at the game, but he just doesn't want to play it, to be honest with you. And he doesn't want to play with the 76ers because the 76ers really didn't didn't do anything wrong. Like Ben Simmons did it to himself when he didn't perform well in the playoffs. And you're going in and you're just having this attitude that you're like this big name, but at the end of the day, you can't ride off of the success of the 76ers when they played against Toronto because you had Jimmy Butler on the team. But now you have a 76ers team that has an injury-prone Embiid, that has Tobias Harris that's overhyped, that has their, – their squad is pretty good, but I'm not going to say – They're not a say, bad basketball team, but no, they're, they're not great. They're not absolutely amazing, but they're not absolutely like atrocious to watch. No. And I love that you brought up Andrew Wiggins because I do think, you know, I, I wasn't thinking of that comparison in my head, but now that you said that, I do see the similarity between their personas on and off court as leaders. And also you think that, you know, Andrew Wiggins, he, I mean, definitely he never got the amount of heat that Ben Simmons is getting right now. Well, because he's in Philly, that's why. It, exactly. Philly is a really, really rough place to play. Big and, market and team. Yep. Yeah. And that's in, that's in all sports. It's just something. You, hey, people from Philly, are, they're fucking assholes, man. <laughs> Did yeah. you see when they won the Super Bowl? How yes, crazy they went? Nuts. They were flipping cars. Yeah, it's crazy. What? Yeah, hey. Whole ass cars on the street. Like, hey, look at that Kia. <laughs> <laughs> you see that Kia? Boom, have you ever you seen it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you ever seen it flipped upside down? Now you have. Well, no, what I love about Andrew Wiggins, I think you could even compare Andrew Wiggins' situation right now with the Warriors to possibly Ben Simmons' future situation, right? So, like, when was the first time that we actually heard, like, good talk about Andrew Wiggins, like besides stuff like he needs to work on his shooting. He has so much talent, but he's not committed. It was when he was with the Warriors, wasn't it? Yeah. When he had Steph, and I know Clay was injured, but Clay was there, and Draymond, and he's got Steve Kerr, and that's just, he has a very developed organization around him with veteran leadership, competent players. I mean, the Golden State is just a, a very good organization. They just know how to win. Exactly. And I think that is what would benefit Ben Simmons one going to a small market team like he needs to like he wouldn't fit with this team I mean I think he could fit with a lot of teams just because he's a great ball handler he has great playmaking skills and he plays good defense um I mean the shooting obviously is a problem but he needs to go to like a city like Utah or something like that or not Utah but Salt Lake City you know where the Jazz play a city that you know small town that's their only pro team so they just go nuts over the Jazz. You're never going to hear a bad thing about the Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's honestly what Ben Simmons needs. He he needs his, I mean, I don't, he, he needs to suck it up. And at the same time, he needs his ass kissed by the fan base because his confidence is really, really low. Like a team like Oklahoma City too. Oklahoma City would be right. another great one. Yeah, he can't go to a team like the Lakers, the Nets. Memphis. I mean, Memphis would work. I mean, that's a... Just talking about like the the um how do I put this the uh, like the vibe of the city towards their sports teams exactly it's just uplifting vibe towards their for the players and they're just really comfortable with playing on those teams so I feel like just playing for like big market teams is a lot of pressure and I feel like he's just under a lot of pressure right now so playing with an organization like Philly or maybe even like the Nets or the Lakers like that's just too much for him oh, I feel yeah. like that no. if he just gets moved to a maybe smaller team that he'll be able to showcase his, you know, his game to a point where everyone's like, oh, shit, Ben Simmons is not really that bad, huh? Like, we've knew, we knew he had defense, 
but his offense was just kind of like, you know, wary, like he's just hit and miss, like, you know, most games. So I feel like Ben Simmons is just one of those players that just needs to get his attitude right if he wants to win championships. Facts. They just, he's got to get the bad taste out of everybody's mouth and he'll do it eventually. It just is a matter of time, honestly. I mean, he'll, We'll have to see how this uh, Philly situation plays out. If he's going to get his act together, he, he's going to have to at some point. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Transition to another Eastern Coast team with, uh, boy, one of our just favorite players to talk about on this podcast. Ooh. Our friend Kyrie Irving. Uncle Moses. Yes. Yeah, so you guys know him as Uncle Moses, as branded by us. Don't know how he came to that uh, nickname, but that's what we call the guy. Walking in with his walking stick, his incense, and uh, I love Kyrie Irving. Now I love Kyrie Irving too, man. The man. I mean, I hate him, but I love Kyrie. Like me and Kyrie Irving have a toxic relationship. All right, listen. Like I know that like a lot of the stuff that he advocates for is just like not a lot of the stuff, but like he's just hit and miss. Like he seems crazy at one point, and then he's just. Like, completely normal playing basketball. He's the Kanye West of the sports world. Yes, yes. That is a perfect comparison right there. I think that Kyrie Irving is a little bit insane with his vaccination thing, to be to honest with you. He's about to change his name to just Irv. Yeah. Because <laughs> Kanye changed it to just yay. Yeah. <laughs> what up? My name's Irv. I would not call him Irv. Yeah, I just can't. Hey, Irv. <laughs> I, like, I feel Irvy? like... Irvy? Irvy? Nah. Nah. All right, so what's going on with Kyrie Irving? You were about to get into it. Well, hey, um, not much because the Nets essentially just suspended him indefinitely because he won't get his vaccine. Um, look, you can't blame him because he is in New York and he knows that that's going to happen because he can't be a you know part-time participant. He needs no. to be a full-time participant because half your games are in New York. Yeah, I mean, that's that's ridiculous, dude. Like, not playing for – and I, I know it's not his fault, you know, just – and I'm, I mean that in the sense that it's the law in New York that those yeah. players have to be vaccinated. So yeah. I, it's not Kyrie's fault but um, or, or the Brooklyn Nets' fault. But the fact that, I mean, people pay to come see Kyrie Irving at uh, Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. If you, It's one thing if you can't play on the road, but if you can't play at home, that's a big issue. Yeah, because those, like I said, are half of your games. So yeah. it's just one of those... You know, situations that he is not accepting the vaccine. That his that is his own personal choice at the end of the day. But you got to understand that you are under contract in the NBA, and the NBA is pushing. I don't know if they made it mandatory, but they are pushing to make the shot mandatory. So you got to understand, if you want to play basketball, you got to take the shot, this vaccine. And Damian Lillard had an interview about the vaccine, and he said that it's just one of those things that when he was growing up, he would have a bunch of shots that he would take when he was a kid, and he didn't know what was inside those shots. He didn't know what they were putting inside of his body, but he took them because obviously the medical, you know, staff of whatever doctor's appointment or not appointment, but like uh, office he went to, he ended up, you know, getting all the shots and stuff when he was younger. So he said that there's no difference into taking this vaccine now, and he just thinks that it's just another shot and. I really am not going to keep pushing this conversation to see if it's, you know, just a shot or, you know, if it's something more. But he is in the NBA, so they do have the right because this is their organization to make the rules and stuff like that. And um, 
they just want to keep everybody healthy and they don't want anybody obviously getting COVID because, you know, many people have been affected by that for the past two years. So I don't blame the Nets for doing that, to be honest with you. I think that even if it's your personal choice, you're still under an organization and you are allowed to not take the shot, like I said, but you got to understand that um, they think otherwise and they think differently from you and stuff can't just go your way all the time. It's crazy too. Like another thing that I think is nuts is like just like the weird rules. Like I know, and and we're not gonna get into anything crazy, but like you know, obviously you can draw comparisons. Like, like for instance, in restaurants, like now it's kind of common. I'm not common courtesy, but it's common knowledge. I'll say that when you go into a restaurant, you have a mask on, and then you get to your table and you take your mask off, and then but you have to get up. You go to the bathroom, you got to put your mask on. Like, yeah. I see it's like, okay, how much, how much is this mask doing? If I'm not, I have to wear it only when I'm walking around. I think it's hilarious that Kyrie Irving, because he plays for the Brooklyn Nets and lives in New York, cannot, as an unvaccinated person, cannot play in a home game, but the Denver Nuggets can come to town and have an unvaccinated player and he can't play. Like, yeah. it's just so ass backwards. I mean, that's that's neither here nor there. But one thing I – another thing I think is that, um, like, this is being so blown up. And, and I know it's because it's, you know, Kyrie Irving, and the man is always in the news for um, basically every other reason other than basketball reasons. It's always outside, you know, something in the locker room, something off court. Um, everyone's acting like, like this whole vaccine is going to be an issue all year. I'm here to remind you that – as of September 30th, 2021, 95% of the NBA is vaccinated. So we're, we are not going to have the COVID issue this year. Do you know that in hockey there is, I think there's... Two. I heard that on the radio. There's like two unvaccinated two players. Two unvaccinated players. The whole league. And one of them is, is a Detroit Red the Wings. Red, the yeah. Red Wings. You heard it here first. Bertuzzi. Is it really? It's Tyler Bertuzzi? It's it's Bertuzzi, yes. There must be a reason he scored he four scored goals. He scored four goals night. and then just literally goes, nah, I don't want to take the vaccine. Like, I can do this, like, on a night-to-night basis. I can literally score more than a hat trick. But to be honest with you, I'm not putting that in my body. And I don't care what the NHL says. So, to be honest with you, he's in that position too also. And what do you think about it? You Do you do you care that Tyler Bertuzzi is not going out there and playing? Or if they told Tyler Bertuzzi that he's not allowed to play, would you care? No, because no. I, it's – no, because it's a it's just a rule, you know? Like, and, and organizations and, and institutions – But you understand it, right? Yeah, I understand You just understand it. where the I, NHL is coming from right? And as I, a fan. Yeah, as a fan, and I can, and that's what like I hate about people nowadays. Is I feel like people just can't see two side of things. I can respect Tyler Bertuzzi's and Kyrie Irving's decision to not get vaccinated, while at the same time, like understanding why they're being essentially well, Tyler Bertuzzi is it, but Kyrie is essentially being like kicked off of the team. But I just wanted to bring up the point that I think it's funny because um, Tyler Bertuzzi's in Michigan where it's, you know, it's kind of like 50-50, uh, half Democratic, half Republican, maybe leaning towards the Republican side it's, a little bit a more. Diverse area. But it's a pretty good diverse area. So we're just kind of like looking at him like, okay, whatever. It's just the NHL and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's mixed emotions about that. But you go to New York and you have one player that's not vaccinated 
in a majority Democratic city. Very Democratic city. And he does not give a single shit what they have to say to him. He's like, nope, I don't care. I'm not they're thinking like, they're, vaccine. they're booing him. He's the unvaccinated guy. <laughs> dude. He's so funny, dude. Just walk in the streets as an unvaccinated player. Everyone knows who you are. Everyone's democratic. They're just all looking at you like, oh my God, like this guy Inside right here the, has the freaking man is not kahunis <laughs> to walk the streets right now unvaccinated and literally waste the Nets playoff chance into going to the finals because they do need Kyrie in order to win the finals. Un, yes. In my, in my opinion. Agreed. And he just does not give a shit about no, the fans. No. He does not give a shit about the team because this is his own personal choice. I respect Kyrie for making that personal choice, but he's got to understand that this comes with a lot of heat. I don't know of many other just legendary downfalls of a player. Than Kyrie Irving. I mean, he, he just like, like, dude, we were so high on Kyrie Irving when the Cavs won the title and he hit the shot. Like, everyone's just like, dude, Kyrie Irving, man. And ever since he stepped foot in Boston, Massachusetts, it's just a slow, it's like I said earlier, just death by a thousand cuts, just starting shit in the locker room in Boston. All the, you know, the earth is flat, burning sage in the locker room. I'm not getting the vaccine. Just like, I mean, the the things like you would just think that this guy is there for entertainment purposes rather than being the, the point guard of the team. It's just, it's ridiculous. Do you like, what would, I don't know. I mean, how do you think this ends? I mean, I, I, I got to play. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I see. It's like, do I see Kyrie retiring now? Right now, can they fine him for not getting the vaccine because he's not participating in practices and games? Well, he can participate in practices. He just can't participate in games. Yeah, which is it's just pointless. Because they basically. have a they have a right the Seventy Sixers to fine Ben Simmons because he's just actively not showing up. But this comes down to a political decision. This is here. like company policy, though. Basically, for the not not company policy, but like. It's law in New York, so they can't break it. Like, they don't really have a choice. Let's just say that if you're a player in the NBA, you're expected to take the shot. And if you haven't taken the shot already, then you are having all eyes on you. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because your number one job as an employee of a company, before you get there to wherever it is you work to do your job, you got to show up, you know? You have to come to work. And, Mm -hmm. uh, like, this, you know, COVID with and with the NBA policies, I don't remember what they were to a T last year, but I mean, hey, me and you are two fantasy basketball managers and we dealt with it. Yeah. It was rough, man. You know, being like like all of a sudden teams playing great, boom, this guy's out for a week and a half because, you know, he looked at this dude that tested positive yesterday. Yeah. And that's the reality of being an NBA basketball player is you are expected at the very least, just like everyone else who has a job, to be available for work. And the NBA, you know, I mean, you know how basketball is. Guys are sweating. You're you're really close to each other, rubbing up against each it's other. It's a yeah. Co- yeah it, I mean, it's a it's a COVID factory. Those games. So yeah. I can see why they're making a lot of teams are are making these players get vaccinated. So there's vaccines out there for contagious diseases, um, and maybe a argument for the right side is that. The companies don't require you to show your vaccination slips for those diseases. So why does it matter about COVID? 
I'm so well, I'm not trying to make this a political debate, obviously, and I'm not trying to like bring up politics and like bring go too deep into politics at least. But this is Kyrie Irving at the end of the day. That's so, one of his arguments. That's yeah. one of his arguments. Exactly. That's what I was just trying to point that comment towards. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I, I get that. You know, like I I can see why, you know, Kyrie was. I mean, it is like that, but. I, I think he's like that just because, you know, he doesn't want to get this shot. Like, hey, I'll come out and say it right here. I am vaccinated. I wasn't skeptical. I mean, I was, you know, I have my questions and stuff, but I did. I got my vaccines, and I have no issues going anywhere, you know. But Kyrie, on the other hand, like, I don't know. Man. Maybe let's like, go a little just, bit too. Let's go a little deep into just, like, you know, the team's performances without him. Um, do you think that – because I said earlier that they don't have a shot in winning the finals if they don't have Kyrie. And maybe I'm sounding a little stupid saying that because they do have KD and Harden at the end of the day with Nicholas Claxton and Joe Harris. You know, they have people on their team. They have a squad still. They have a squad still without Kyrie. But, like, Kyrie is an excellent player when he plays. He's still, yeah, and that's the thing, is he's still very, very clearly, in my opinion, one of the top, five point guards in this league right top five top seven point guards of this league and you can take it a little step further to you know he is there is not many better players in this league that when the shot clock is running down whatever you drew up just went to complete shit to just give it to and say put a shot up Kyrie yep. is going to get you. He's a great at creating his own space. So, I mean, let's, you know, let's, you know. Best dribbler in the world, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's got fantastic handles. Make no mistake about it. The Nets do not want to, you know, do this all or nothing thing with Kyrie. I mean, he's a very, very useful player still. It's just the added baggage of having him on your team. I mean, I mean, this is, this is who he is now, you know. This is not the first time that. Kyrie Irving has stirred the pot, whether it's, you know, just causing stuff in the locker room in Boston or being defiant with his vaccine uh, in Brooklyn. But, I mean, this is this is what you get with Kyrie Irving. So, owner or um, GM. This is the part that you hate about him. Yes. It's just being a consistent problem. I just Yeah, just being a problem. Like, at, like everywhere I turn. Like, burning sage and walking with a walking stick is, like, actually pretty funny. Like It's kind of funny. It's, like, it's funny. Hilarious. It's like, all right, dude, but you do you. You're being you, you know? The thing is, is he was so serious while doing it. Yeah. That's what makes it hilarious. But causing problems in the locker room, not taking the vaccine, just, like, consistent problems like that just kind of drive people to like go insane with him because it's like dude you have so much promise to be one of the best point guards that we've ever seen yeah to and be he, honest he with is you. when he when he's working hard when he's you know not getting involved in all this off the court stuff he's a very good point guard and i don't that's that's not arguable i mean everyone you know Kyrie's great he's mm-hmm. amazing but, yeah. Uh, so let's just go a little bit lighter now and just digress from that entire topic. So we're talking about Brooklyn. I'm just going to see who you think is going to win that Brooklyn and Milwaukee game and who's going to win tomorrow against um, with the Lakers and Golden State. I thought that was on tonight. That is on tonight. Shit. Lakers and Golden State? Yeah, it is Tuesday. Fuck. Yeah. I thought it was Monday. Yeah. No, it's Tuesday. Um. Wait, what was the game again? Hold on. <laughs> Golden State and the Lakers. Who do you Lakers. think is going to win? 
Uh, Lakers. Okay, so the Lakers are going to win. All right, other than Brooklyn, other than Milwaukee. Ooh. Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee. Brooklyn's got too much attention. There's so many distractions going on there. Everyone's talking. Like, same thing. Like, I bet, like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, um, if Philly starts out real shaky this year. Like, there is so much, other than basketball, there's so much going on in that city right now. Yeah. With, ooh, excuse me, all the Ben Simmons stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't be surprised at all if they start out a little slow. Yeah, I don't think that Philly was ever relevant, even with Ben Simmons, to be honest with you. I just don't like Philly um, because of Ben Simmons. Because you're a New York guy. I just never – yeah, I, I am a New York D- guy, Danny but I just do not like Ben Simmons. I just think that his attitude, like we explained before, is the worst thing about him. It's so nonchalant. Like, did you – like, remember when I sent you that video of him, like, practicing with his phone in his pocket? You said something over text message, but you oh, didn't I never seen the video. My yeah. bad. If you have a chance, go look it up. But um, other than practicing with your phone in your pocket, which anyone who has tried to do something athletic, not like unless you're wearing jeans, which if you're wearing jeans, like you wouldn't be doing something athletic. But if you're wearing like unless you're like pants, those random dudes that show up at the like pickup court in their like, and, in like jeans, jeans, and you're like, no fucking way, he showed up in jeans, <laughs> and they're actually like cold. It's the yeah, they are. Thing when that happens, dude, it's so I love funny. when the guy in jeans is cold as fucking basketball because I'm just trying to like guard him up, and he's just all sweaty and shit, and you can tell that he's sweaty because he's wearing jeans. He's got swamp ass through the Levi's, right? <laughs> But anyways, um, you know, anyone that has tried to do something athletic with their phone in their pocket, if you're wearing like basketball shorts or sweatpants or something. Ben Simmons is the dude that shows up to practice in jeans, by the way. Oh, my God. (laughs) He is. He's going to show. He is the jean wearing player. He shows up in some trues. (laughs) That'd be funny. Uh, That'd be real funny. I wonder what Doc's face would be. (laughs) Anyone knows that you cannot... Like, you can't do anything with your phone in your pocket. It's horribly irritating. Oh, yeah. It's like just a big old cinder block in your pocket. Just yeah. Just moving around, just and smacking if, your and leg. And if you saw the video, I encourage you to go watch it. It looked lackadaisical as hell. He did not. It, it, it just I mean, it goes back to the conversation we were having earlier in the podcast. It's just so clear that he does not want to be in Philadelphia. And he's there because, like you said, they're finding him like a million a day. They were... They were going to make this man bankrupt. Well, to most people, phone in the pocket is just like, oh, it's just a phone in the pocket. It's no big deal. But, like, you got to really, like, read between the lines. So him having a phone in the pocket means that if you try, like you said, to do anything athletically with a phone in your pocket, it basically just gets in the way. So when he starts moving fast and he starts actually working hard, that phone is going to be, like, a distraction. You end up, you know, taking the phone out of your pocket when you do have it in your pocket. Um when you're doing something athletically. So it just kind of tells you right now that Ben Simmons was just planning on coming into practice and just not working hard and not going to move fast. He was just going to really just cruise and not give a shit and have a not give a shit attitude. Absolutely. And then like another thing too, is like, you know, I mean, it's a job at the end of the day. Like when you get to that level, like it is a job, a J O B. (laughs) Um, and it's like, you know, we're paying you however many millions of dollars, and you show up to practice, and you feel the need to have your phone in your pocket. Like, it's not even like one of those computer, you know, like desk jobs where it's like, yeah, you know, you have your phone right here, and if you get a text, you know, take a second and reply to it. No biggie, whatever. Like, you're playing basketball, bro. Professionally. Professionally. Making millions. Making millions. You can't, like, 
you people know. die to be in your position. <laughs> yeah, you can't like literally like pass the ball and like hold on time out. Let me text this person back real quick. Like, come on. Like, and it's not like you're in a Scottie Pippen position where he signed a contract for like what was it like ten years? It was a ridiculously low amount of money for the amount of years that he signed for. So I mean, in his position, he was sitting out and he was just not really giving a shit about the team. Uh, Scottie Pippen was and. um the people on the team were just not happy with him. And he was actually right for doing what he did because they were not paying him well. And I think that Ben Simmons in his position, he should actually look at his contract, look at the position, the starting position that he has, and just kind of suck it up, to be honest with you. And just maybe they can trade you if you play well. Teams are going to want you. And you're going to go to teams that want you, like I said before, but you have to play the game. And that's the thing is that I feel like Kyrie also on the Brooklyn Nuts, I don't think that he'll be able to even go to another team, even though he's in New York and we're just like, oh my God, he's in New York. He's not going to be able to play any home game. But like, I feel like if he goes to any other city, I mean, it's just going to be the same way because it's going to get to a point where the NBA pushes the vaccine. So a lot of players not giving a shit about their jobs at the end of the day. Right. right. That we're talking about. All right. I want to end the episode on this real quick. Does Kyrie Irving retire? Like, because of all this? That's kind of hard to, like, say. Now that, like, I said. But this comes down to a point where he's being forced to get the shot because the location that you are in. And just NBA guideline in general is just basically pushing this vaccine. So if you truly are not bullshitting your beliefs and you're actually fighting for, you know, what you believe in, then yeah, he will retire. But if he doesn't retire, that means he, and he takes the vaccine and just means that everything that he fought for is just basically comes to just like, basically we would look at Kyrie Irving as a bullshitter that he just basically bullshitted the entire time that he actually doesn't believe in what he actually says that he believes in. Yeah. He, he definitely, uh, which uh, you can question his character yeah. after that. Something changed in that guy after the 2016 title. Like he just like basketball, just he got cocky, I guess. And I don't know. He just started getting into a lot of things, which is, Hey, if, if you're into, if you're into that, you're into that, but it's uh definitely took a backseat to basketball. I said earlier in the pod, I, I didn't said I like couldn't see him retiring. Now, I, as we've you know continued to talk about it more, I think I kind of lean towards I actually could see him retiring because if there's anything that we can say about Kyrie Irving post 2016 title win with the Cavaliers, it's that when you think that you know what Kyrie Irving is going to do, he just proves you wrong and does something. <laughs> but he somehow made himself relevant still, even though well, he's he a hasn't had... player. Well, exactly, but he's still making himself relevant, and he's just going around and just not giving a shit about what anyone thinks about him. Hey, I, more power to you. I think... I mean, I think it's, I think it's awesome that he believes so much in not getting this vaccine. And I really don't mean that as a smart ass. Like I, I love people that, you know, take a stance on something and just stand by it, whether it's, you but know, there's the other side of it. Yeah. Where, there's the other side of where, it too. where you think that, 
he's doing something that he believes in, but honestly, you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. So what if he's actually, since he doesn't give a fuck he's so much bored. about people's... Yeah, exactly. He's just bored. He's just fucking with people, fucking with the media. He's just basically proving a point that the media will just eat up anything. And that started with the earth is flat. Who gives a shit if he thinks that the earth is flat, to be honest with you? That's not basketball. Why are you guys getting into Kyrie saying... Because that headline was everywhere oh, yeah. for like weeks. Yep. It's like, to be honest with you, on a real note, do we actually give a fuck if Kyrie Irving believes that the earth is flat? No. No. It's just something to talk about. It's just something to talk about. We care what he... I mean, the vaccine stuff is a little different because I would say, like, we like we care what he does on the court. Exactly. The, the but now it's being... stuff is keeping him from doing the stuff on the court. But now they're just... It's being a test. It's basically a test. Like, he's being put in a position where this is the most serious test that he's, you know, taken. And that is... Are you actually believing or do you actually believe in what you actually believe in or are you just fucking with us so if he takes the vaccine i mean then he basically was just fucking with everybody and fucking with the media but that was uh that was a good episode it was a good episode got a lot of thoughts out you guys you guys heard it here first if That's you're still listening if you're still listening <laughs> <laughs> y'all you guys heard it here first that's what's going on in the NBA. That's what's up with Ben Simmons. That's what's up with Kyrie. Is Mel Tucker going to dip out on the Spartan Nation? Go hang out down in Baton Rouge with the LSU. We'll have to see what happens there. And you guys can catch us on our next episode of Guys Being Dudes. And we'll talk to you later.